Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 13, Development Practice as Norms Transfer. One could characterize the progression to contemporary development as a shift from the transfer of financial and technical resources to one of norms transfer. The power of development lies in its ability to construct a discursive social reality where individual decisions and actions are voluntarily taken within the parameters of reasonability or acceptability. The power of development discourse does not only preclude certain actions or information, but is also productive, creating certain ways of behaving or knowing. Development reinforces the neoliberal notion of the citizen as an autonomous individual, an independent but rational and responsible subject, pursuing his or her own self-defined interests, and positions this in a social environment. The individual's interests are, to a large degree, tied to that of the collective and are shaped by the influence and concerns of the latter, often referred to in development discourse as local culture. The intersection of localised social structure and globalised development and neoliberal agendas creates the terrain for agency exercised by community development actors. Inherent in development discourse is the anticipation that development is as much about the socialization of core concepts and the conditioning of actors as it is about delivery of benefit. This establishes the framework for social change, where the beneficiary's role is to act as recipient for ideas as well as services or products, while the development practitioner's role is to provide these. NGO practitioners can therefore be viewed as assuming the function of normal socialization. In this way, the status and power of the external development professional is affirmed, according them with the responsibility and authority of translating or brokering development discourse onto local development practice. These brokers have effectively become norm entrepreneurs. A transition from colonialism to neoliberal development ideology represented a significant shift in the rationale of the discourses of each, but there were clear continuities in the structure established by the two. On the one hand, colonialism required of its functionaries that they maintain the stability of the system by conforming to normative roles and rehearse these roles and performative conventions. Colonial officials were drawn from similar social settings and adhered to a larger notion of the legitimacy of and the need to sustain the colonial empire in both form and substance. Class and nationalist affinity were important social factors for them to play their roles effectively, and recruitment was an exercise in validation of these. Development, on the other hand, occupies a space of indeterminacy in regard to its primary functionaries, the development professional. There is little formality in its requisite skill requirements and the recruitment of these. And people who work in the broad array of development institutions represent a variety of qualifications, life experiences and personal characteristics. Although class, educational qualification and national or ethnic identity are of lesser importance in this terrain, hierarchy and status are conferred by the location of the individual within the broader structure of developmentalist structure, more particularly the institution represented and an assumed identity as an expert. Unlike colonial administrators who would be expected to focus their knowledge and expertise on specific locations and cultures, development professionals are expected to become experts in the application of global narratives and instruments to multiple locations and cultural contexts. 
Governability, in this sense, becomes reliant on ideological replication and transference rather than coercive spatial governance. A shift of the expertise from a geographical spatial logic to a meta-ideological one has had important connotations for community practitioners and actors. Development valorizes global technical knowledge as expertise, while devaluing knowledge and experience of specific local contexts and hence delimiting the application of this expertise in development process. In effect, development has constructed differentiated categories of expertise based on spatial and social features and accorded status and limitation to these. Like colonial representatives, the role and behavior of the development professional is shaped by normative expectation. When in the field, development experts are required to maintain an authoritative management while simultaneously giving the impression of promoting a more participative exchange with locals. This is important in both the professional and personal domains and are often delimited in the form of extensive conduct codes and guidelines, reinforcing the important differentiation between the expert as outsider and the local as other. Spatial distance is how the professional maintain their positions of authoritative expertise and know-how. Ultimately, the development professional's domain is determined primarily by the position and associated power of their institution. And, while they may present heterogeneous personal attributes, they are required to fulfill performative roles in accordance with this across multiple social terrains. These enablers present a highly effective means for the transfer of developmentalist ideology across multiple and varied cultural and political settings while preserving the core components of the ideology. Individual agency and contextual experiential knowledge are valorized only insofar as it serves to reinforce the applicability of developmentalist ideology and its implementation instruments. The positioning of the expert within development planning was mirrored in post-colonial environments, as newly empowered governors took on the sole responsibility for development or citizen engagement. Suspicious of civic organizations and NGOs, these governors promoted the primacy of the expert, located within a bureaucratic national planning structure that bolstered its central control. At the same time, this aligned these states very well with global donor interests. For an ideology to be asserted, bodies of knowledge need to be constructed and replicated. As has been argued, development has generated this from an epistemic cadre of experts and professionals and translated this into the prescriptions of donors and major institutions, such as the World Bank. Evident significance to the expansion of developmentalist ideology, the construction of knowledge becomes a key concern of analysis. In doing so, there are four dimensions to consider. The political economy of the knowledge, policy interface, the actors who engage at it, the types of knowledge used, and the role of knowledge intermediaries. Individual project staff at local levels can employ their own strategies to influence imposed discourses and expertise, often drawing upon their techniques of brokerage and knowledge translation and, by doing so, can have an influence on the articulation of developmentalist discourse. Often informal, these strategies and their generally positive results for local implementation of projects reinforce the status and value of local knowledge. 
Applying an anthropological lens, David Moss posits that knowledge construction and global policy are effectively generated by the interaction between constructed communities of interest and coalitions of interest, identities and relationships between and within organizations, which can lead to a knowledge elite. Added to this is the extraordinary power invested in global policy ideas, models of frameworks that will travel and affect economic, social and political transformation across the globe. These ideas are, indeed, tied to social contexts and have their genesis in the relations in institutions and expert communities. But they generate complex and unintended effects as they translate into local contexts. In turn, localised complexities and responses can in turn be absorbed into global policy ideas. For this critique to stand, we would need to explain the remarkable hegemony and resilience of global development discourse and its application across multiple contexts. Even in this analysis, we may need to concede that in the transmission of global policy between global expert consensus and citizen participation, much disappears from view, including the political interests and processes that influence the generation of global policy at origin, its interpretation at its point of reception, and the enclave agencies and expert communities involved in the unseen processes of international transmission. For our analysis, there is a concern that developments travelling orthodoxies ought to be fragile in the face of historical reality, local politics and perverse incentives. But they are not. In fact, they are remarkably resilient. The application of expertise cannot be completely free of subjectivity. While the development professional acts as a transmitter of globalised development, they are also constructed by their cultural experience and will bring the subjectivity of their experiences into their interpretation of global models into local contexts. Knowledge generation and use is not politically neutral and the knowledge policy interface is largely regulated by the interests of the knowledge users to which the knowledge producers should accede. The interests of knowledge users in the development arena are entirely political and knowledge generation largely serves related political objectives. This provides some consideration of the individual agency of experts as they both transmit development discourse and technologies to local environments and, while doing so, reconstruct social and power relations within them. Development experts also themselves become agents of modernization in that they appear to be a visible representation of betterment and progress through learning. To be an expert denotes an idealization of progress and development for the practitioner, in other words, how to get better. In addition, the expert draws on the cultural power of their modern society, the North, and the political-technical power of their institutional location. In the transfer of this betterment, the expert must challenge historical and cultural artefacts deemed to be obstacles to progress. This process embodies a form of cultural imperialism, where the external expert elevates the development intervention beyond these artefacts and eradicate them from institutionalized planning and practice. Planet Worker, a world in development. Oh.